WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. A bill has been introduced in the U.S. House to reauthorize the Great Lakes Restoration Initiative. Congressman Bill Heisinger tells us he and colleagues from throughout the region joined forces to continue the program started in 2010. He says there are two steps to continuing the GLRI. First is to reauthorize it as a federally recognized program. Meaning this is a federally recognized program and is eligible then to receive funds. And then the second part is that we then have to go fund it. So this authorization is going to be expiring in about a year. So we're getting ahead of it. Heisinger says the GLRI has made a big difference to the health of the Great Lakes over the years. It's been a huge, huge improvement for both the ecology and the economy of the Great Lakes. And and what that means to the benefit of not just Great Lakes states, but to the entire country is significant. Under the bill introduced last week, the Great Lakes Restoration Initiative's funding will be increased from $475 million per year to $500 million per year. The program helps to address pollution, shoreline erosion, and the spread of invasive species, among other things. Biden administration officials traveled to Dearborn last week to meet Muslim and Arab American community leaders in an effort to repair relations with a key Michigan constituency upset about Biden's support for the war in Gaza. Protesters are telling President Biden and his administration to take action before more people die in Gaza. Imran Salhaz, the imam of the Islamic Center of Detroit, he says he's abandoning Biden now for not taking action. I want the killing to stop. I want Israel to be held accountable. It's too late. And you knew you were well aware of their indiscriminate killing. Dearborn Mayor Abdullah Hamoud met with Biden administration officials and posted on X following the two hour meeting that he and other Dearborn leaders remained uncompromising in their demands for a permanent ceasefire and ending what he called unrestricted military support for Israel. He did say he would keep the dialogue open. With Valentine's Day coming up this week, what better time to talk about the dangers of sexually transmitted diseases? Berrien County Health Department Community Health Services Supervisor Dion Ragozzi tells us the state's seen an increase in syphilis cases in recent years. The health department sees even sees expectant mothers test positive. Can the disease spread to their babies? It can, yes, absolutely, at birth. And so that is why if we learn that somebody is pregnant within their first trimester, we encourage that they seek an appointment with their primary care provider or an OBGYN so that they can have testing done. Rogozzi says anyone of any age that's sexually active and not in a monogamous relationship get, should get tested for STDs. Syphilis isn't the only STD that's more common these days. Gonorrhea and chlamydia are also on the rise and also treatable. So what we like to do is remind everyone in the community the importance of regular testing. The Berrien County Health Department urges those who could be at risk to contact their doctor and get tested, noting these diseases are treatable. The health department also offers testing itself. Anyone interested can call to make an appointment. 18 police officers around Michigan have graduated from the latest Michigan State Police Teaching, Educating, and Mentoring School Liaison Program, or TEAM. The program held a five-day training course in Lansing, ending on Friday to prepare police to go into schools and teach kids about important safety issues of the day. During the 40-hour training course, officers received instruction in student and juvenile psychology, classroom management, and public speaking. In addition to topics like personal safety, how to call 911, the law and you, and dating violence, the TEAM curriculum also for students has been updated to address the issues of school safety and security, as well as bullying and harassment, cybercrime, and social media use. 
illicit drugs and vaping. Among the officers to receive team training was one from the Niles Police Department. That officer will interact with students and teachers in an effort to help ensure kids make the right choices. Do you know that there are three branches of government? Not everyone does, and that's why the Michigan Chamber of Commerce is going to have a competition for middle schoolers. Here's President Jim Holcomb. We're bringing to Michigan the National Civics Bee, and we're excited to work with teachers and students and parents to come together, enhance their civic knowledge, their civic engagement, and really focus on civility and how kids can learn to be good, um, just really good in their community, be good citizens. Holcomb says the 6th, 7th, and 8th graders will have a chance until February 19th to submit an essay for the first round of the National Civics B in Michigan. Go to michamber.com for more information. Two Benton Harbor men are facing charges after a couple of drug raids in Benton Harbor and Benton Township Thursday. The Southwest Enforcement Team says officers found 180 grams of fentanyl, 92 grams of crystal meth, 7 grams of crack, and a semi-auto pistol. A 36- and a 25-year-old man are now facing charges of possession of drugs and firearms. The two were already on federal probation for narcotics trafficking. They were arrested and lodged at the Berrien County Jail. Additional charges will be sought for other accomplices. Sweat notes that Southwest Michigan loses nearly twice as many lives to fatal drug overdoses as it does to traffic crashes each year. It urges anyone who needs help or knows someone who needs help to contact Southwest Michigan Behavioral Health. Did you watch the Super Bowl and find yourself looking up people on Google? Google Trends Analyst Marta Martinez says there were a lot of searches for celebrities and football players last night. A lot of the celebrities around, around Taylor Swift, who is with Taylor Swift, people wanted to, you know, they searched Rob Black lately, I Spice, Leo DiCaprio, and Ryan Reynolds were the top five. Martinez says the top searched players were Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and Christian McCaffrey. She says there were searches about Usher and a big spike in Beyonce after she announced new music during a commercial. And speaking of Super Bowl ads, some people watch more for those ads than for the game, and there were some pretty good ones this year. MSU marketing professor Bob Colt had a team judging the ads. The ads for most of the game were better than the game, and then, you know, we had a pretty exciting ending. So um, Uber Eats was the top ad. Bob the E-Trade baby and his buddy Duncan, uh, Ben and Jen, Volkswagen, and then State Farm with Arnold were our top five. Colt says one of the ads that did not stand out was a Pluto TV ad for couch potatoes. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. National Security Spokesperson John Kirby at a White House press briefing today denied the White House is telling Israeli Defense Forces not to go into the Gaza city of Rafah looking for Hamas terrorists. As with over a million Palestinian refugees sheltering there, ABC's Karen Travers has the latest. A day after what a senior official called a, quote, pretty detailed back and forth between President Biden and Prime Minister Netanyahu about a potential Israeli military operation in Rafah, the White House says the president is confident the prime minister understands U.S. concerns about civilian casualties. National Security Spokesman John Kirby. We don't believe that it's advisable to go in in a major way in Rafah without a proper, executable, effective, incredible plan. Um, for the safety of the more than a million Palestinians that are taking refuge in Rafah. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. 
Egypt has threatened to void its decades-long peace treaty with Israel if it begins a large-scale offensive against Rafah, where around 1.4 million Palestinians are sheltering in densely packed tent camps on the border with Egypt. The landmark treaty took shape during the Camp David Accords, brokered by U.S. President Jimmy Carter. It was the first time an Arab country recognized Israel. If the treaty is nullified, it may have serious ramifications for Israel, which has relied since signing on calm along its southern border. Meanwhile, Israel is celebrating freedom for two hostages held in Gaza. The Israeli Defense Forces say they used intense firepower early Monday morning against gunmen in an around-the-hostage location, saying many terrorists were killed in the operation. The Hamas-run Gaza Health Ministry says about 100 Palestinians died in the Israeli hostage rescue. More from ABC's James Longman in Israel. The IDF say they located two hostages who were being held in a building in Rafah on the second floor at gunpoint. This operation... Uh, Started at 10 to 2 in the morning local time. Took about 40 minutes, they say. It was called it a complex operation to extract them. They took heavy fire. Uh, and we were actually speaking to uh, an IDF spokesperson who said that the airstrikes were called in uh, when they were trying to extract these two hostages because they, they were met with some resistance. Former President Donald Trump faces a Monday deadline to ask the Supreme Court to extend the delay in his trial on charges that he plotted to overturn his 2020 election loss. As lawyers have indicated, they will file an emergency appeal with the court just four days after the justices heard Trump's separate appeal to remain on the presidential ballot in Colorado, despite attempts to kick him off because of his efforts following the election loss in 2020. The filing would, for now, preserve a delay in what would be a landmark criminal trial of a former president. The Supreme Court's decision on what to do and how quickly it acts could determine whether Trump stands trial in the case before the November election. A hearing was held today in the case of Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis and an alleged conflict of interest in the Trump election interference case. ABC's Derek Dennis has more. Fulton County, Georgia Judge Scott McAfee right off the bat indicated an evidentiary hearing would have to happen over whether D.A. Fonnie Willis and her lead prosecutor in the Trump interference case should be disqualified from the upcoming proceedings. The judge saying the allegations must be sorted through, including whether Willis and Wade's personal relationship amounted to financial benefits and a conflict of interest. Willis and Wade have disputed those claims, with both suggesting Trump lawyers have a legal incentive to have them disqualified. Derek Dennis, ABC News. Donald Trump says he once warned that he would allow Russia to do whatever it wants to NATO member nations that are delinquent and devoting 2% of their gross domestic product to defense. Trump's comments on Saturday represented the latest instance in which the former president and Republican frontrunners seem to side with an authoritarian state over America's Democratic allies. NATO members don't pay to belong to the organization and don't owe it anything other than contributions to a largely administrative fund. Trump's frequent complaint has been how much NATO countries put into their own military budgets. The 2% number is a voluntary benchmark, and no debt or delinquency is involved. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is scrapping planned travel this week following his hospitalization yesterday in the critical care unit of the Walter Reed National Military Medical Center in Bethesda, Maryland. More from ABC's Stephen Portnoy. Lloyd Austin was due to travel to Brussels later this week for NATO meetings and consultations with allies in the effort to support Ukraine. But that trip has been scrapped, and the meeting on Ukraine will now be held virtually. There's no telling how much longer Austin will remain in the hospital for what's been described as a bladder issue. For now, he's transferred his duties to Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks. For the second year in a row, a religious Super Bowl ad campaign promised viewers that Jesus, quote, gets us. Two commercials from Saturday night centered a Jesus's message to love your neighbors, even across ideological divides. In one, people of different races, classes, and gender expressions have their feet washed, including a woman outside of a family planning clinic. 
Critics have noted the campaign's welcoming and progressive messages seem at odds with some of the campaign's Christian funders who have also supported anti-LGBTQ plus and anti-abortion causes. The He Gets Us campaign is now under a new charitable organization called Come Near. It plans to advertise during the Paris Olympics, the NFL draft, and the Republican and Democratic conventions. And some of the thousands of asylum seekers currently in New York City are now subject to new rules. More if maybe she's Brian Clark. About 3,600 asylum seekers staying at 20 shelters are now subject to the same curfew already in place at larger facilities. No one can enter or leave between 11 p.m. and 6 a.m. City Hall says it's to allow for more efficient capacity management, but this comes after several high-profile incidents involving asylum seekers, including an assault on police and a 15-year-old from Venezuela who was arrested after allegedly shooting a tourist in Times Square. Brian Clark, ABC News.